Development Generation. Today we have a young leader from Zambia joining us. Hello. Hello, how are you? Ah, okay, excellent, excellent. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, I'm doing good. So um, everything is fine here. And how is New York? Excellent. I'm very excited and thank you for being so thoughtful. Um, this is the work that I do. This is the work that I enjoy. And I always look forward to having conversations with people. I, I think this is um, the attitude of, you know, great leaders because you do something, when you see something that um, that is the issue, you take action and you, you spread the words. So you are the founder of Agent of Change uh, Foundation Zambia. So could you tell me the story behind your initiatives? Uh, thank you so much. So um, I was raised in one of the smallest towns in Zambia. Uh, it's a predominantly copper mining town called Kitwe. So uh, growing up in that city, I experienced a lot of challenges from an environmental standpoint. So lots of rivers were polluted. There was too much sulfur dioxide in the atmosphere. But at a very young age, I became very aware of my environment. So that situational awareness is what prompted me to start using radio at the age of 14 to educate my community. And I was looking at multiple dimensions of climate change, environmental health, and how it's also linked to socioeconomic well-being of people. So fast forward, after I had established a much stronger momentum in the community, and I was working with so many young people, I was reaching over 2 million weekly listeners, I decided to collaborate with some friends and we co-founded Agents of Change Foundation Zambia whilst I was in my undergrad at the University of Zambia. So over the last five years, the work has focused predominantly on giving young people the right skills and tools to express themselves, because we believe if you give a young person the abilities to express themselves with confidence, you give them a launching pad to a world of broader opportunities. And what I mean is opportunities for them to speak for themselves, opportunities for them to negotiate what they want, opportunities for them to also understand the relevance of sharing positivity in the community by reporting ethically. So as an organization, we train young people to be ethical African community reporters, mm -hmm. allowing them to unearth stories from the community, stories that are true, and from reliable sources. Because we believe it's only by getting information and news from reliable sources can we be able to dismantle all these structures that have been created by online platforms and are benefiting from fake news, uh, profiting out of herds, and so many things. You started your radio show at the age of 14. So how did you start it? Yes, so um, I used to listen to the radio a lot. And as you might know, radio in Zambia is one of the most accessible, inexpensive mediums of communication. So each time we want to listen to what time it is, we'll turn the radio on to wait for the announcer to say it's now 12 o'clock. I grew up in that household where radio was perceived as the most reliable source of information. Anything that the radio announcer said was considered gospel truth. So... I realized that if we already have this very powerful medium, which allows us to speak with confidence, but at the same time provides us with an opportunity to access reliable information, and it's a trusted medium information, information why can't I use it to educate my community? So then, on this very interesting day, 
I sat in my bedroom, got a piece of paper from my book, and I wrote a letter in ink to the station manager for the nearest radio station near where I lived. So what I just expressed in the letter was, I'm very interested in running a weekly radio show at your radio station. I don't have any bag of money. I only have a bag of passion. Would you give me an opportunity to do that? So I dropped the letter at the radio station, which was about 30 minutes walk to where I lived. After a week, the radio station manager got back to me and said, we think ideas like yours could help the community understand how the environment operates. So we're giving you up an hour for free. I was thrown in the deep end. I never had any prior radio training and I was required to now put together a half hour radio program on a weekly basis that was focusing on climate change, pollution, environmental degradation. The first day I went to the radio station, I was asked to present. So that's how interesting it was. And I, 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 I put up a very good show, uh, but then I realized that I needed more experts. So I decided to also collaborate with professors from the nearest university called the Copper Belt University. And I would also get information from the community. I would speak to women, I would speak to community leaders, I would speak to proprietors of uh, textile industries to just provide that sort of dialogue and hold people to account. What was your first topic? Do you remember your first topic? So my first topic was focused on what's your relationship with the environment? Is it working for you or is it working against you? So then I went in the community, I interviewed women who shared stories about how water was slowly drying in the nearest stream. I spoke to communities that were experiencing droughts. And I just put all these stories together and I went on radio and queued in, queued in stories from the community. It was very community-centric and I realized after doing that that there were a lot of people in the community who were suffering adverse environmental challenges and I needed to use my program as a pathway to advocate for the right regulations, to advocate for action from uh, authorities in the city, but also to just inspire active citizenship among young people. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned earlier that um, later on you uh, went to the university professor and um, to ask for collaboration. And I go through your website and I saw that you have um, other organizations to support um, your initiatives as well. So how do you inspire other organizations and university professors to support you? Uh, way back, it was being more resilient and showing that deeper passion because everybody wanted to support a young person who showed extreme passion and determination about what they were doing. So I, I to some degree, exuded a certain level of passion They took me seriously because I took myself seriously. At the same time, the products I was producing through radio were inspiring to the community. It was not an echo chamber where I was the only one speaking, but the community was also equally participating. They would call in, they would send in voice messages. They would do quite a lot of things that enriched the vibrancy of the program. So collaborating with them was very possible. But also when friends and I established Agents of Change, it's the level of passion and determination that we displayed that inspired other organizations to collaborate with us. And of course, my focus was on brokering relationships and partnerships. And one thing I've learned is that a team of determined young people 
can inspire the confidence of bigger institutions to back them and support them. And I think my key message to other young people out there is, at whatever you do, show a lot of drive and determination. And most of all, show deeper passion because it's only passion that makes you distinctive. Mm-hmm. So how, how do you show um, other people your resilience, your passion and your determination? Because I think um, other young people may find it hard to show other people. So um, uh, in my case, it has been through waking up on a daily basis and realizing that I live a life of purpose and that that purpose only manifests in the daily activities that I do, in the way I carry myself, in the way I carry my organization, and multiple organizations I belong to, in the way that I inspire other people to follow a common vision. And over the years, we've been working with over a thousand young people just in Zambia, uh, but also in my personal work, I have offered my services, sometimes on a voluntary basis, to offer trainings to young people. Thank you. Um, I learned that you are a team of seven. So how do you guys meet and how do you guys work together and do you have women in your team? Absolutely. Um, actually, I have a team of uh, about five, just two uh, ladies, uh, but also among our young reporters, currently we have about 400 young reporters in Zambia. About 60% of them are, are girls. 60%? Yeah. Oh, that's a lot. So how do you engage um, young girls in your program? So um, everything is very participatory. Young people get an opportunity to play different roles. And one thing that we found as a very unique selling point, not only a unique selling point, but also a unique element of our work is allowing young people to take multiple roles. So the model is, as a young reporter, you get to be trained in reporting and broadcasting. So you go through research, you go through uh, show hosting where you learn how to host a show, you go through production where you learn how to produce a show, you also go through um, community reporting where you learn how to go in the community to report. So all these young people undergo different roles on a monthly basis. For this particular month, you might be the show host, and the next month you're going to be a field reporter where you go in the community to collect stories. And we've observed that both young women and young men play fundamental roles. But most importantly, I'm so excited to see that most of the girls that we have in our program have taken up leadership roles in their schools. Others are head girls, others are school prefects. And it's because of, to some degree, the confidence we give them by being on radio. Because to go on radio, you need to develop the self-confidence to express yourself. You need to do research for you to speak with confidence about the issues you're speaking to. We are empowering them with the skills to express themselves, to negotiate, even for things like safer sex, for example. We are also giving them an opportunity for them to realize that they can grow professionally and not be caught up in the vicious cycle of child marriages or any other social cues that have been conflicting and afflicting our communities. Okay, so do you have any message for young people who want to start something um, to make their community better? One thing that anybody needs to realize is that constraints build innovation. And I believe every society has specific constraints. And if you want to establish something that is long-lasting, think about those constraints and think about innovative solutions that can bend the curve. And you don't need to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. And that's something that Richard Branson reminds us. It's very possible if you're determined. You can do it, but first of all, 
think about those constraints, think about the innovations and creative ways you can solve those challenges, and then find the right team to execute that idea. I just want to remind young people that despite the challenges that we seem to be going through with the coronavirus, there's still hope for us as a young people, a young population of the world, to work together and collaborate beyond borders. You don't have to be very comfortable with only working within the boundaries of your border because you're now living in a global world, in a global village where all of us inextricably dependent upon one another. Thank you so much for your time joining us today. Thank you. I'm so excited.